Welcome to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat Podcast. Now, sit back and enjoy while Nick and Trevor help you use your technology to make money and delight your clients. Uh, Good morning, Trevor. Welcome to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat and our first ever live stream. Good morning, Nick. How are you? Okay, I might have to get you to fill me in on what that all means, a live sorry, a live stream and all this stuff. Taking me to a new level today. It, it is a little bit. It is a little bit. What we've got this morning is we're taking um, the video. So I've got Trevor on a Teams call. I'm here in the office um, and we're taking that video and we're streaming it out on Twitter this morning um, using a piece of technology called Periscope, which is really quite exciting. Um, I had better go and see what it looks like on Twitter, actually, while we do that. So, Trevor, um, I thought today we'd just talk about some terminologies that are often banded around and thrown around, and I think I know what they mean, and, and you know, you think you know what they mean, but people don't really know what they mean. So things like what is the cloud, what is uh, tax return, what is, you know, all these things that we don't know really what they are. Let's have a go at trying to explain them to each other, shall we? Cool. What is the cloud and what is the tax return? Opposite ends of the scale. Okay, no worries. <laughs> Let's talk technology that's like ancient and technology that's the, the that's now or the future. So <laughs> all of it works. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Where do you want me? Where do you, where right. should we start? Listen, we'll start with the cloud. Like we've talked about the cloud a few times, and I think you always ask me what the cloud is, and I bumble around with a few things. So uh, maybe we should delve more into it. Um, I know you're going to ask me what I think the cloud is because you always do. So let me fire up what I think the cloud is. Yeah, go for it. I think the cloud is a – basically it's an option of a number of hosted or or servers that are stored um, and managed by – you know, normally larger companies like Microsoft or Amazon or those sort of things, Rackspace, and, you know, people store their their data on there. But they more importantly, there's applications are stored on there. So everybody um, subscribes to that application, and that's software as a service, and they subscribe to that and everything's stored in that thing. Am I, you know, a little bit close maybe this time? You're you're a bit close. I'm going to get nasty. What's a server? Yeah, that's a cool thing. It's a bunch of hard disks in a in a, in a box with some. <laughs> Isn't your computer also a bunch of disks in a box? Yeah, I don't have a. Di- oh, yes, I do. Yeah, it's got a hard drive in a box. Yeah, it is. Yeah, maybe take us, take us. What is it? It's got an application that. Uh, this, um, this is a struggle. When I worked at Microsoft, um, we used to sit down and we um, we had senior management come to us and, and they went, uh, "We want you to manage." servers and i went um what do you mean and they said well well, we want you to manage um, workstations desktops differently to servers and i went how do you tell if something's a server and they went oh that's not hard and when we looked into it it's almost impossible to determine um your workstation look right now i'm using my laptop to live stream so my laptop's a server but it's also a workstation so saying it's a bunch of servers in a room is a bit of a misnomer it's a bunch of computers in lots of rooms, um, but but I think that's not really explaining what the cloud is. So, a couple of guys in the US, um, uh, I think um, Mr. Grace and Mr. Mel, came up a few years ago with the NIST definition of cloud computing, where they actually describe what it is. And cloud computing has to be to be cloud computing got to have five essential characteristics, and you get delivered through three delivery models. And let's see if I can get them right. 
okay because i haven't even looked at this in preparation for this event so the yeah. the three models are software as a service so if you use office 365 or you use zero or you use um uh facebook those are all software as a service right you just subscribe to the software and you use it and you don't think about disk or hardware or usage you just subscribe and you normally pay for that on a monthly fee or if it's facebook you pay for it by adverts then you've got platform as a service and so if you think of the hub one tools the hub one tools don't have any servers we just write the code and we send it to azure and azure runs it for us and that's kind of platform as a service and then you've got infrastructure as a service and that's taking your old-fashioned concepts of servers and networks and disks and backups and running that in the cloud on somebody else's what we can say virtualized hardware so we've got the delivery models so the last one you were talking about there, yep. where you said, so that's that's when you say it's running it on someone's infrastructure, that's that's a situation where someone goes, I don't want to have my server in my office. I'm going to go and grab that and I'm going to give it to my IT provider or to somebody else who manages, has servers, and they store your server personally in there. Is they, that- they can do that, but also you can host things like that in Azure and AWS and Google Cloud as well. Mm. Um, but the problem with that is you're doing what's called a lift and shift. Um, yep. The... The way we design software to work in a server environment where the server is close to you versus the way we should write it to work in a cloud environment is quite different. So lifting and shifting your old infrastructure and putting it in the cloud is is a temporary stopgap at best, if you know what I mean. So, but, you know, like, you know, it's 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 a better option than having it in your office. Yeah, of course. It's more secure. You know, it runs better. It's easier to maintain. Yep. And it's, you know, realistically, you should be using that just for your old stuff that you don't really, you know, you're only accessing occasionally. Is that? It's a transition to, and if you you really want to think about it, if you're running software, you should be running software as a service. If you're writing software, you should be using platform as a service. And infrastructure as a service is for what we term legacy applications or those applications that require really complex networking and load balancing and, virtualized servers and stuff but yeah the infrastructure as a service i i think will die down over time and platform and software as a service will pick up yep and but there's still going to be legacy applications that people have got i was talking to someone yesterday where they haven't they're writing their software to move it to the cloud but they the the industry that i was talking to don't there is no option for them to have a an application so they're the but what you're saying maybe that that application should be stored in a azure server environment yep yeah, so you can, you can do what we call lift and shift is you pick it up and you put it in you know, Azure or AWS or something like that and it just works yeah, like yeah. a charm, if that makes sense. Yeah, talk to me about like uh, QuickBooks. QuickBooks do what they call a hosted environment. So with QuickBooks, for example, they're they sort of trying to keep up with the cloud, but you log into an environment oh. and then your application's there just for you to access. Yeah, be careful. QuickBooks Online is true software as a service. Okay, so they have a true software as a service offering. Are uh, you maybe thinking oh, no. APS? I was thinking of Reckon. I was thinking of Reckon. Okay. Yep. Yes, sorry. So that, that's My, the... Sorry, QuickBooks. <laughs> yeah. They are definitely. <laughs> my... Oh, dear, dear. Now we're I, in I think Reckon owned Quicken or QuickBooks at some stage, didn't they? That's probably what's thrown they, they owned Quicken at some stage, but it's, yeah. it's, all, it's all very complicated. Um, we won't get in there because we don't understand it. But what we will say no. is there are offerings out there where they host it for you. And that's really. Really, they do they do a lift and shift um, and make that available to you. It's not it's not the most exciting thing in the world. But does that make sense? 
Yeah, why is it not exciting? Because you get some benefits with cloud. Um, yeah. like true cloud, um, some of the benefits you get are what we call elasticity. So, you know, on your server, when you, your old server used to have, when everybody was working and in and working thing kind of slow down, um, elasticity means if we write software properly, we're able to throw more resources at the application. We're able to throw more processor, more memory and more disk as more and more people use it. And then we scale back down as less and less people use it. And that, that normally happens automatically. So with you know, our software, um, with um, OnePractice, that will automatically scale up as people use it um, and scale back down as people don't. That's called elasticity. And, and that's cost effective in, in, you know, it's basically saying, I, I, want more app, more, I want more servers, let me do it that way. I want more, more power yep. during busy times. So um, tell me this then, and, you know, zero and XPM, Especially XPM, like at the end of every month, it, they it, you could imagine every accountant's doing all their bills, they're doing all their account, their reports, they're putting everything together, and we see a dramatic, you know, drop in functionality at the end of every month. You know, like it's almost like everybody says, "Get your bills done," either a well away from the end of every month because so, it so does slow see, right you see down. Performance slowing down. So that's that's just in the way applications are written. Um, so, so you can certainly you can you can fix that by by rewriting the application. But I, I'm yeah I'm I'm not privy to what zero and um, the workflow. Oh, okay. So they that. couldn't put they couldn't put elasticity. They couldn't use additional power. They couldn't put uh, additional it, services or resources into it to to make it run better. You can, but it depends how you write your app. So right. if you write your app using kind of some of the legacy thoughts. It's really hard to scale up. In fact, you have to buy as much capability as you want for the maximum day, right? Yeah, which, which, is, gets... which is really expensive. Whereas if you've written it properly for platform as a service, and these apps came out before all this was available, right? This is all yeah, fairly yeah. new. But if you write it for platform as a service, you don't think about that. It just scales by itself. And that's what our stuff does. So Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I get it. I get it. Um... Cool. So that's that's the elasticity. Well, I'm getting it. Maybe a few of our listeners might be understanding it as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep keep drilling. So the the other thing you get is what we call on demand self service, and on demand self service means you don't have to phone a human to get your new service. For example, you can go online and order Zero. You can go online and order Azure if you want to. You don't have to have an engineer work with you to make that happen. And that's if you don't have that, it's not cloud. Right. Okay, so so on-demand self-service is another one. Rapid elasticity is another one. The other one is a measured service, and that means a, yeah, go on. Can I go back to that? Can yeah. I go back to that? So some people may question whether Hub One is a does that functionality, but it does, doesn't it? Because you can get our application, and and you can just buy. It. You can go on there, sign up, and this is not an ad, and I'm trying not to come across as an ad. You can go on, click on, but. In order to get it to work properly, you you may, and that's the, probably the question. You could read the manual, yeah, read, read, you could go through the process, and you could do it yourself if you had that capability. So, so the reason the reason it's a little bit more complex deploying our stuff is we deploy into existing customers' Office three six five environments, and we have a yeah. bunch of tools which make sure that customers can either integrate it into an existing environment or put it in a new one, and that requires some decisions to be made. 
Um, and so we prompt them during those decisions. We have tools that do that. But yeah, you can you can go buy online. You can download the yeah, tools. Yeah. You can install it, and you can be done. And that's no, and no different to zero. Like if someone walks in and says, "Oh, I know how to use zero. I don't need to have anybody help me set up my chart of accounts and do these things." You could follow the bouncing ball, get it set up. But you would probably say most people would need help from their accountant. Yep. or somebody to set it up properly and use it properly. So same it's with, a similar concept. Same with anything complex, right? Same with Salesforce, same with Dynamic CRM, same with you know, anything that's more than just ridiculously simple. You can turn on the service really quickly, but you then you need to configure it, and that takes time and effort. Cool. Okay. So the yeah, other I'm getting there. Let's go. The <laughs> other one is, is what we call a measured service, and this is about billing. And this is about billing you in units you understand. So if you think about, oh, I'll pick Zero for example, they're going to have load balancers, front-end platforms, back-end platforms, databases, disk, processor, network. They're going to have a bill so ridiculously long for the service they, they use in the cloud, yet they bring that all up and charge you a single price for the service you get. Same with Office 365, same with Hub One, same with everything software as a service. So these vendors are going through a fairly, fairly complex measuring process to charge you the right amount of money. So A, they don't get charged more than they're charging you, and B, it all makes sense, right? So so that's an interesting one as well. Software as a service is, is charged to you in a way you understand, rather than them saying, well, for every processor cycle we use, we're gonna charge you 0.00003 cents which may be more accurate, but certainly wouldn't help you because you don't know how uh, many cycles you use to do everything, right? That's awesome. You've told me that I need to understand uh, in order for it to be a software, a cloud application, it needs to be built in a cycle that I understand and I still don't understand what you're talking about. So that's it. <laughs> that's okay. it. Probably you've fluffed it all around. <laughs> the Bring it down to, the under, talk to me. The underlying yeah. billing of a cloud platform is complex. You get billed for every little feature you use of that cloud platform on a permanent basis. The As a software vendor, getting billed like that, you then have to turn that into a bill that your customer will understand. And, and for most people, it's a price per user per month. Ah, very good. That's that makes it. sense? Yep. So I understand price per user per month. I understand a subscription model per month based on what I want to use. So if you think about zero, you can have a very low model of $5 a month up to the best model of, you know, 75. And that grows based on how many employees you've got and all yep. of those sort of things and what features you want. And most people understand that billing cycle. Yep. Cool. I get it. You know, you started talking about other little bits and pieces of tech in the middle of it and the, the little, the little accountant in me started to, to, to get nervous. <laughs> no, exactly. So those, those are the key characters. We, we, didn't, Nick, we didn't understand some of our Azure bills a few years ago. <laughs> or AWS bills or GCP bills. But anyway, moving on. You didn't. Anyway, moving on. Oh, what, what did you oh think okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, I, I, someone had to explain it. <laughs> yes, right. for sure. <laughs> All right, so so the next exciting one we're we're gonna we're gonna think about, and I've just it's just slipped out of my head, of course, um, uh, broad network access. So you need to be able to access these systems wherever you are. Okay, so that commonly means to be cloud, you have to be delivered over the public internet. Yeah. Right. Whereas your server was delivered over a little private network. Yeah. Okay, so broad network access is really important. That's a, that is kind of the three 
main characteristics of cloud. There's another couple if you want to go and look up the NIST definition of cloud, but I can't remember them at the moment. I don't think they're that important. But but those are the things. Certainly some things that aren't cloud is it runs in a browser. Now that may be cloud, but whether or not you use a browser as the interface is not a characteristic of cloud. Okay, just has to work over a broad network. But definitely if you're accessing something via a remote desktop connection. Uh, that could still be cloud. Still could be cloud. Still could be cloud. Yep. Yep, you could be paying for it per user per month. You could be, it could scale and grow as you needed to, so it could have elasticity. So it's a measure service, elasticity, you could do it over the internet. So it, that could be that could be cloud, unless you're coming back to your own server in your own office, and then it's not. Yeah, okay, get gotcha. you. I think I'm there. That's all right. That's, that's, that's that was interesting. That's... So one one thing, let's go back to one thing, right? So um, you talked about public, your server is in your office <laughs> on your own private network yep. versus being on a public access network. And then security comes in. That's where people go, well, I know if I'm in my private network, I'm secure. Nobody at all could ever get access to my data. <laughs> but, you know, um, but if I'm on a public network, that sounds like to me that everything's in the cloud is available for everybody to get to. Oh, the, the public cloud concept. It's obviously public cloud, so it's public. It's not the case. It means anybody can go and purchase that cloud. It has no relevance to security whatsoever. Okay, so let, let me kind of explain it. When, yeah, okay, when you go and buy services from GCP, Google Cloud, Alibaba Cloud, Amazon Web Services, um, and Microsoft Azure, they're the main big cloud providers. They've got hundreds of people working 24 by 7 delivering security to those platforms. And they have to if they're going to attract the really large enterprise customers, the banks and, and all sorts of people. And certainly you'll have seen in the news or you might not have, um, even in Australia, guys like um, ANZ, Commonwealth Bank, um, Westpac have all announced big cloud programs years ago and have, have rolled lots of things into the public cloud. So it's from that point of view, it can be extremely secure. I'd actually say it's more secure, and we talked about this last week, so I'm not going to harp on it, but it's no. way more secure than having a server in your own office. Right? Yeah, I, I, we did we cover, cover that last week, but it, it's just that terminology that I'm talking about, public, private. That terminology tells me private is private and public is public, you know, like that, yeah. and, and those sort of things worry people. So to, to the uninitiated, you know, they're going to come in and go, oh, of course private's going to be more secure because it's private, it's mine, and that's how they're going to think, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I hear you. It's, it's, just, it's just a fact of life. It's, it's not because you don't have the resources to apply to make it the kind of pricing that you, you – the, the pricing to deliver the security that you want. Security is a big job. It's hard. No yeah, way. Day one, day one, though, when we, when we started this, would you have thought like – I don't know. Let's go back 10. Well, probably has to be more than 10 years ago because security was pretty high then. Mm. But security has evolved fairly dramatically over the time that we've been involved in, in, in this. You know, we talked about it last week, um, multi-factor and all these sort of things, um, authentication. We talked about how security has evolved over time. Yep. But, you know, initially, if you went in and said, I'm going to set this up, it would have been fairly vulnerable day one, you know. What? Cloud? Yes. Not really. So the first things we were setting up were Office 365. 
um, and Zero. Those certainly yeah. w- were far less vulnerable than people running on-premise exchange. Um, yeah. They were built to be less vulnerable from from the get go. So, n- no, that's not the case. You could make uh, anyth- you can make anything, un- you know, accessible. What's happened in security is, you know, everybody's scared of the you know the Michael Matthew Broderick from War Games sitting there with a modem on his computer in his bedroom with Ali Sheedy and hacking into the government. I um, literally only watched that a couple of weeks ago. It's one of my favourite movies. <laughs> I, I, know, have, I, have just, I thought you might have liked that. I actually literally, it was on one afternoon, we were in lockdown down here, so, you know, had to watch something and it came on. I think I was like, oh. You know, I can, I can, I can quote it, Joshua. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, have, I haven't seen it in years. Um, but it's not like that. The way people are getting to you now is... They're doing phishing, they're sending dodgy emails, they're cracking big things like Facebook and LinkedIn and putting those inf- that information on the dark web for people to use to attack you. So it, it, they're not trying to break into your copy of email, um, they're just sending you an email which you click on and you break into it yourself. Um, or they're sending you an email with one of your old passwords and scaring you because you've never changed the password and it's on everything. And and that's, you know, we talk about that in the um, weekly wind down. And there's actually, we've got a presentation, a webinar at lunchtime today. Um, so if somebody wants to, if somebody wants to attend that, just pop me an email at um, nick at hub1.com and I'll send you a link for that one. But we've actually got one of the security vendors talking about the dark web. What's the dark web? Yeah. What does it mean? Why are all my credentials there? And all those sorts of things. So people aren't getting to you by hacking anymore because you can't hack Office 365 unless you've got people in your office who let their password out or use it on multiple places or don't have multi-factor authentication or those sorts of things. So, so, so we're in um, lockdown, as everybody knows. I noticed you're in the office. I did have a little bit of a "What are you doing in the office?" moment when I first saw you in the office, <laughs> because we're not, we're not allowed lockdown. to go to our office. <laughs> we're not allowed into our office. Um, and you know, there's a few things going on about conspiracy theories because of all this stuff. Okay, I don't want to get into that. Okay, I want to stay well away from that. But one thing that everybody worries about is the government accessing your information. Yep. This sort of stuff, you know, like, so we're sitting there, you know, um, Microsoft, you know, go, well, if you're in the IRS, I suppose, Microsoft, or the Australian government going, hey, I want everything on Trevor. I want to go chase him down on that yep. and find out what's uh, what he's been up to. I want his bank account details. I want all of those sort of things. And they can just go and get that, you know. I don't think they can, but you tell me what you think, Nick. Yeah, no, they can. In fact, Australia's passed laws, um, which means if you provide encryption in Australia, you have to give the government a backdoor. So Australia is probably the worst jurisdiction, maybe apart from some of the despotic ones, in getting access to your data. Um, You're a little better off in the UK than you are here. Um, But here in Australia, the government can electronically get to your data. But the other thing is governments have got armies. And when people turn up with tanks and guns, people normally give away the data. So it doesn't matter where it is, they'll go get it. Oh, um, I've told you my story back in my accounting days. I've told you that where a client of a client of a client did something very wrong and they tracked them all down, came in, turned up to my accounting firm and basically said, give us everything on that person and we're going to duct tape your doors together, take your servers and shut your accounting firm down. And I've gone, oh, crap. (laughs) 
you know, and I had a look at what I had on him. I had one page of data, but, you know, it was a little bit over the top. I don't know what they thought I might have had, but, um, you know, that bullying, I think that's gone a bit from the tax office in Australia. I, I haven't heard as much of that going on. I think they've had some regulation. They're trying to play nicer and all of those sort of things at the moment, but maybe they don't have to because they've got it already. No, that, that, that might be true. No, certainly if you look at a pre-fill, you can see all the information the ATO have on you, and that's really quite frightening. There's no getting away with anything anymore. Um, no, it makes doing a tax return very easy, though. <laughs> absolutely. Um, look, there's, there's, there's lots of different um, you know, things around that, but I would say if a government wanted your data, they can get to your data. It doesn't matter how or where you store it. They do the right thing. Yeah, just do the, yeah, do, do the right thing. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the government having access to all that data because I'm a bit of one of these free speech sort of people. You know, I, mm. I think people have a right to privacy and free speech from their government, but um, um, the voting public don't seem to, so I'm kind of stuck. Mm. Um, but yeah, certainly when we, were working, <laughs> when we were working in cryptography a couple of years ago, the government had a conversation with us saying we needed to give them a backdoor into what we're doing. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, that made some silence, and I've gone. Everybody's gone all quiet and nervous, and just yeah. want to talk it because maybe <laughs> someone's listening. You know, like <laughs> oh, someone certainly, someone's always listening. They like to listen. In, in fact, um, uh, ASIO have a Twitter account as, as of yesterday. Um, and they posted, um, "Hey Twitter, new Twitter account from ASIO. Now we can we can change things around, and you can finally follow us." <laughs> Very cool. All right, I reckon that does right. us for the um, the accounting. That's a really good chat and today. always a fun chat. Yeah, I'll let you go. Sorry. No, you're all good. You're all good. Um, look, guys, um, do subscribe to the podcast. Um, you can get it on Castbox. You can get it on Stitcher. You can get it on iTunes. It's absolutely everywhere. Just look for the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. We ship these out weekly, so come and join in and um, let us know. Give us a like or something. Let us know what you think of our first live stream, um, and we'll have a look at all those conversations in a bit. Yeah, we've had some. I've had some really good texts over the last few days, so few weeks. So, so we're, it's starting to ramp up. It was really nice. Excellent. Well, we should have hit 600 listens today, so there you go. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. See you later, everybody. You have, you have a great day. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See ya. Bye.